1: Welcome to Dear Hank and John. Or
0: as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank.
1: It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, mm-hmm. you know, when we were kids, uh, they were, the, uh, the parents would sometimes, when one kid had chicken pox, they'd bring a lot of other kids over so that everybody would get chicken pox. This is a real thing that happened. Yeah, uh, pox and parties. Like, like real pox parties. Did you know, uh, but, but obviously, so the kids can have pox parties, but adults... They, ha- they got to go to the shingles bar.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say they got to do shingle digs. Shindiggles. Shind- shindigles, <laughs> Shindiggles.
1: <laughs> no, they go to the shingles bar. I have shingles. Hank has shingles,
0: and goodness gracious. I I know that Hank has shingles, and I do feel really bad for you, Hank. I, I know that it's extremely painful. Yes. That- what? I feel like you're gonna say
1: a butt. Like like I am gonna say
0: a butt. I am the sick brother. Okay. Oh god,
1: I've been so sick lately.
0: I am the sickly one. Yeah. And I don't think it's cool of you to try to move into my territory.
1: (laughs) It's been my whole thing, though. That's what I've always been doing. Like, you get into the Mr. T experience, I get into the Mr. T experience. You get into online video, I get into online video. Like, you love Zay Frank, I love Zay Frank. This is is how it is. I'm a younger brother. You write novels, I write novels. You get sick a bunch and are a hypochondriac. I get sick a bunch. And now, John, there's a lump on my arm and I asked the doctor about it and he was like, that's a lump. And I was like, but like, how bad is it?
0: Oh, man. Now (laughs) I'm worried. Now you got me worried. It's okay. Hank, I don't want to hit you while you're down, but before we get to questions from our listeners, I think it's important oh, no. to discuss an issue. Uh-oh. Which one? I have so, so many. We have declared that this podcast will be renamed Dear John and a Hank mm-hmm. if no human steps foot on Mars by the end of 2027.
1: Can we do the moon instead? Can we just change it?
0: No. And recently no. somebody wrote in to say, now we will know for sure yeah. that a human oh. is not going to step on Mars.
1: Irrelevant. I'm just gonna stop you right there. Irrelevant. That's not the bet. The bet is not is not whether whether it's it's when it it's when that year arrives. So your
0: argument is that it's not until December thirty-first, twenty twenty seven. That we rename the podcast to Dear John and Hank. My argument is that in fact, whenever that launch window closes nah. in 2026.
1: No, nah, because you don't know.
0: You don't know. <laughs> I do know.
1: History is full That's of actually, surprises.
0: One of the benefits of having done this podcast with you for 10 years is that I actually do know how no, long it you takes don't to get to Mars. You don't know.
1: No one expects the Spanish Inquisition, John. You it could we could invent a thing right yeah. on right at eleven fifty eight. That's like, oh, oh, we could just, uh Teleport. you know, if I just, if I just like shove this sharpie up my nose in yeah. at the right place in the right time in the right way, yeah. boom, I'm on Mars. You don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'll,
0: I'll tell, I'll be honest with you, Hank. It no one's tried like, that. It feels like you're playing for time.
1: Yeah, that's right. Of course I am. <laughs> and I, well, it's not even playing for time because playing for time is like, maybe this was the way that we will win but I don't expect to win. I'm just holding on to what I have for as long as I can.
0: (laughs) It's just-
1: Because if if it's the launch window, then it might as well be now. And now is (laughs) 2022.
0: Right, right. If it's the launch window, Then, then at some point you might say, "Right," but realistically, could, <laughs> yeah. when could we get humans to Mars? And the answer is not twenty twenty seven. So we might as well just start calling it "Dear John and Hank" today. That yeah. I f- actually find that argument more compelling. I, that we shouldn't call it "Dear John and Hank" simply <laughs> because it's <laughs> yeah. this thing that is inevitable is inevitable but it won't become official until january 1st 2028
1: right. we're, we're not talking about things we're not talking about things that will be we're th- talking about things that are yes because Which if we maybe were going we to should do more of
0: oh that is so true that yeah. is so true wow <laughs> wow you've stumbled into a deep one hank well, with shingles it, he's a deep well he gets when he gets shingles
1: I mean I wasn't when it was bad when it was bad I was a very shallow well in every way I could not think straight yeah my temper was extremely short oh, people yeah. are, like any like so much of my consciousness was taken up with like trying to not feel the pain or yeah. trying to sort of like mentally wall off the pain or just sort of experience the pain on the side of consciousness yeah um that I, like, anything that was extra hard, I just gave up. And that right. was everything from work, where, like, any, any extra challenge, I was just like, I'm not handling that. General motivation, but also, like, temper. Like, Oren doing something even a little bit, normally I'd be able to handle. I just, I was so, I snapped so fast. It Chronic pain is so debilitating and... Yeah, uh, like I am just so happy <laughs> that it was as short lived as it was for me. Uh, yeah, so hard. I think that's really
0: true. We think of our personality as, as being completely separate from our circumstances oh, not, somehow, oh. but in fact, they're also yeah. interdependent.
1: I mean, I I want to believe that about myself. You right. know that right. I'm like I'm I'm very motivated person. I can work through this, but it's just right. not true. Like when I was sick with COVID, I could not do good work. When I yeah. was experiencing severe shingles pain i could not do good work yeah so i'm feeling much better
0: though i'm glad that you're feeling better but i also really appreciate the the empathy that you've long shown for living with pain it is really hard for people who have to do it
1: you've helped me a lot with that
0: thanks let's uh answer this question from listener eli who writes Dear John and Hank, what's up with Ryan Reynolds and his new show about AFC Wrexham? How do you feel about it? Did he betray you? Did he copy off of you? Thanks for the dubious advice Eli all right here's the thing Eli Ryan Reynolds stole our idea
1: <laughs> I mean I I think he did I no, like don't didn't, we, we had him on the no. podcast but I didn't like what like it, it just me, seems uh, really unlikely little... to me that yeah. more than one guy like us like american well he's canadian isn't he
0: well first off like half of all english football teams are owned by americans so that (laughs) it, it falls apart right there
1: i don't know anything to me it's the weirdest character trait a person can have so explain to me john yeah explain to me how any of this works
0: I got an email recently from my mother-in-law who was like, "Uh, a group of people in Birmingham, Alabama here just bought a fourth-tier English soccer team. Isn't that the league that Wimbledon play in? (laughs) What? And and it wasn't wasn't Ryan Reynolds. It was other people. So anyway, Ryan Reynolds did Uh call me. When they first had this idea, before mm. they decided to do it, before they decided anything else, when the, when the well, idea was first happening, he called now me.
1: I'm 100% on board. I think this is lovely.
0: And he said, I know that you've had this experience for years with AFC Wimbledon. My friend Rob and I are thinking about buying a football team and making a show about the experience of that first year together. And I was like, so you can't really
1: be betrayed because, like, you were pre trade, if anything.
0: Yeah. He called me and he was like, Do you have any advice? Do you have any thoughts? And I was like, This is such a great idea. It's going to be incredible. I don't really have any advice except that it's going to be awesome. And remember that some people who play for the rival teams or or support the rival teams might like you a little less, (laughs) as I am indeed not the best selling author in Milton Keynes. But the show that they have made is wonderful. It's so... Beautiful. It captures everything I love about soccer. And you don't have to care about football to love the show because it it really captures how, of all the unimportant things, football is the most important, how it brings communities together. All that stuff that we love about Wimbledon is true for Wrexham as well. And the show is amazing. Not only is the show amazing, but I'm in it. I'm in this week's episode, Hank. I, I do a little crash course on the history I of know. Wales. It's so great. And complexly got paid for that. So, yep. no, we definitely did not get <laughs> stolen from. In fact, if anything, we did yeah. the stealing.
1: It's Well, look, it was a collaborative effort and everyone provided value and received value. And that's yeah. the way that
0: things should work. So the show is great. Watch, watch me in it. I'm so excited that my, really, my, my debut in some ways as an actor in a proper program proper television or movie experience is in a Rob McElhaney and Ryan Reynolds production. It's incredible that I've never appeared in any of the adaptations of the movies of my books, but I, it's just, it's just incredible. I, I'm thrilled, Hank. I, I have a face for small screens.
1: <laughs> I can't, I, I haven't seen it. Is it out? No, it comes out on Thursday. Amazing. Okay, so well, it'll be out, out by the time, the time this, this podcast comes. Okay, yeah. it is out. So that's why I But said just that. not for me. Right. So,
0: yeah, the show is called Welcome to Wrexham. It's so good. It's so good. I am I just, I think Ryan Reynolds is the real deal. I just think he's he awesome. He seems like
1: a cool guy. All right, John, this next question comes from Lamp, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I live in an area where there are green anoles and brown anoles. These are small lizards, if you don't know about them. When I grew up, I grew up in Florida. We called them anoles, but now everybody tells me that it's pronounced anoles. Hmm. Anyway. Wait, are uh, the
0: regular lizards in Orlando, are those anoles? They are. Oh.
1: I the just brown ones, them,
0: usually. I call them lizards, but I know yeah, both the green them and them. the brown lizards. There's sort of two <laughs> basic genres of Orlando lizard.
1: That's right, yeah. There's green there's the and big, brown. <laughs> there's the big old browns and the kind of cute little greens.
0: Right. And the green ones are a lot faster and the brown ones look more like dinosaurs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They could even have like a crest on the back. They Mm -hmm. definitely look like they could come get you. And they will sometimes. No. So the green anoles, well, they will bite you if you let them. (laughs) Yeah, but it's not going to (laughs) hurt. Okay. Continuing. The green anoles love to listen to me sing. Every Mm. time I see one, uh, it just stares at me like it's expecting something. And then when I start singing, it closes its cute little eyes. Like it's listening, and then more of them start gathering like I'm doing a concert. But this only happens with the green ones. The brown ones just run away, but the green ones listen every time. I even had one crawl onto my hand due to brown anoles being an invasive species and the green anole population having uh, been dwindling. But for some reason, they crowd around me like friggin' paparazzi. And it's only me, too, every time a friend or someone else comes by, the lizards run away. Mm. Of course, I love the lizards, and uh, I always am kind and respectful to the green and brown anoles, but why do they love me singing so much? You know what, Lamp? I don't care why they love it, but I do want to do science on you uh to find out but but more than that i want to explore what kind of superhero you are and how you can use your powers for good yeah like it's like the pied piper leading the children's crusade there is a a whole thing what did the pied piper do i don't know did he have rats
0: (laughs) i think he had children i don't remember (laughs) what followed the pied piper google children children. Yeah, it's it's definitely children. Before you get to your uh, scientific analysis of this phenomenon, mm-hmm. I also want to point out that lamp offered us an illustration of the giant cloud or and Mary Janet and it's oh, pretty I, did, I didn't epic. notice that. It's pretty it epic. It was like
1: below the page break because it's big. Oh, yeah. yes, nice.
0: The giant cloud or is kind of looking up at Mary Janet who mm-hmm. is seated atop the giant cloud or and yep. it's really good. We're going to post it on the yeah. Patreon at patreon.com slash Dear Hank and John.
1: Mary Janet in this in this image is looking uh, really like, wh- what would you say? A little bit drowsy, but also just like, I float around on a cloud. It's yeah. my boyfriend. It's yeah. no big deal.
0: Yeah. I would describe this Mary Janet as Jessica Rabbit's seen it all. That's a, wow. that's a niche joke, but it was perfect for Hank.
1: This is this is a great, yeah, this is an amazing question and the fact that it came with an illustration is really quite remarkable. Hank. Yes.
0: Do lizards like music or do we not know? I have no
1: know? idea. I oh, have no
0: okay. idea. I, we weren't I, so able I, to do any for research you to answer on this this <laughs> like uh, in a scientific way and it turns out no. that you have absolutely no scientific answer.
1: I have a scientific answer, John, and that scientific answer is we don't know many things about our universe, especially with the living things in it. And the only way that we find those things out is people notice stuff and then they test mm. it. So lamp, you need to to do some science, like to to try and remove your bias from the situation, maybe yeah. blindfold yourself, mm-hmm. uh, have someone lead you to a lizard, um, mm-hmm. do do this in all kinds of different ways do a recording of your singing and mm-hmm. have it happen without you, um, have someone who's a better singer and a worse singer than you sing different songs, etc. You need to figure out, like, if there is a repeatable effect here, also you could try it on different green anole populations. Go try and find some other ones. You could reach out to some anoleologists, which is the actual name for people who study anoles, and be like, hey, uh, I've noticed this. Can, can you... Uh, uh, I, uh, ju- just for funsies, what would you suggest I do uh, to, to learn more about them, etc.? cetera? I love there that. There are also lots of other species of anoles that you could try this on. They're just not in Florida.
0: I love the idea of LAMP devoting themselves to trying to understand this phenomenon. And mm-hmm. it eventually ends with the global human realization that the little green lizards in Orlando have been making music all this time just at a mm-hmm. frequency we can't hear. Yeah. All right, this next question comes from Sage, who writes, Dear John and Hank, recently I had a concussion, and I've been re-listening to the whole podcast. Sorry that we're not better, Sage. I feel bad. I can't remember which episode it was because I'm concussed, but at some point you discussed how the human body is basically just a big tube circulating the digestive tract. Oh, uh, that was in yeah, all the episodes, That's, that's Sage.
1: many of them. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're just, we're just tubes that have flesh and limbs. Anyway, this got me thinking, is the stomach acid inside of our bodies or is it outside of our bodies because it's inside the tube? My brain hurts, so my advice won't be very sage. It's a pretty good pun given the situation, sage. Hank, of course, the concept of inside and outside of the body is a linguistic construct, not a real thing.
1: But I think stomach acid is outside of the body. I mean, so in the same way that you sweat onto the outside of your body— you excrete stomach acid onto the outside of your body. If if we're going through the Dear Hank and John definition of outside, which means that everything right. from the mouth to the anus is just a tube of outside that runs through the inside, which yep. I don't see... I
0: don't, don't see, see where else you it. draw the line. Don't see you know? an argument
1: against it. Exactly. So you're basically sweating out acid. And, and right. actually, what that leads me to realize, which I've never thought about before, is that there's no reason that you couldn't excrete acid from any other part of your body mm. there's
0: That's a biological
1: like a, reason like if it's possible it, in one in one group of cells it's possible anywhere else
0: sounds like a terrible superpower <laughs> <laughs> what is your superpower yeah. oh i can i can melt my own skin it's kind of <laughs> a bummer acid, actually
1: <laughs> the acid sweat ore? yeah it's not great <laughs> to be a acid sweat ore. The giant cloud or sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do a lot of good for the world, but I do like him. <laughs> he's a yeah, fun little guy. Assassin's
0: main responsibility in life is to never sweat. <laughs>
1: yeah, yes, the giant cloud or just keeps him cool. <laughs> 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 And he also has to keep him, like, relaxed, too. He can't get nervous. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's typical sidekick (laughs) stuff where the sidekick contributes absolutely nothing except for a new problem for the superhero to solve. That's right. (laughs) Oh, God, it is hard being the superhero with a younger brother sidekick, but I do manage. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) I do suddenly have a lot of problems to solve. I will say that.
0: I think the other nice thing about thinking about the inside of the tube being the outside of the body is that then I don't actually eat food so much as I have food run through me and 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 I have my body kind of take what it needs and the yeah. rest of it actually never enters me it only enters the tube which That's, is not yes. me
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that does make a lot of sense, that there's never, like, poop in your body. Not unless you have a level one emergency. Yeah, agreed. Hooray! This next one comes from Alyssa, who asks, dear Hank and John, when bats poop while hanging upside down, does the poop hit them in, like, the face first or mm, something? Great, uh, great a group of question. 30-year-olds are wondering this uh, while also discussing the best Tupperware on a Saturday night. But we need to know, bat poop and Pyrex Alyssa. First of all, Alyssa, can you email us and let me know what the best Tupperware is because the, I'm not satisfied. I'm oh, satisfied God. with the Pyrex I have, but the lids last a maximum of a year and then I yeah. got to buy a bunch of new lids? Yeah. Or I don't and they're just like cracked and letting yeah. air in, which is not yeah. what they're supposed to do. Why can't a Pyrex thing have a, a lid that lasts more than a year? It's, it's Pyrex. The, the glass it will last forever. That's all. Alyssa, hey. let me know what you think. John, tell me about bat poop. Well, I don't know anything
0: about bat poop. Tell me about Tupperware then, John. The mo- I don't know. So so I don't know the answer to this question, but the moment it was asked, I was uh-huh. like, I know that bats poop while they're asleep, yep. or at least while they're hanging upside down, because I've seen a lot of bat poop and then like mm. looked up and seen a bat. Yeah. I know that's more of a correlation than a causation thing, but it's a See, strong correlation. Strong correlation. And it never occurred to me, if the mm-hmm. head is below the butt,
1: the poop yeah. must hit the head. Yeah. Um. Do you know what bat poop looks like? You've I do. It. I've
0: What's seen it like? a gajillion times.
1: What's look? Why have you seen so much bat poop? Well, Hank, I, I own a lot of...
0: One hundred and forty-five year-old structures.
1: Oh right, you have yeah. that, those like barn. I have an I have house.
0: an I have an uncommon number of one hundred and forty-five year-old structures <laughs> compared <laughs> to most people. <laughs> Tell me about
1: bat poop, John.
0: It's a uh, little and it's hard. And, yeah, and there's a lot of little hard pooplets. Yeah, so they, the they poop like they, they poop out little rice grain pooplets. I would say, for the record, they're big rice pooplets. They're not little, sense. but but they're they're Bigger little than, compared yeah. to human pooplets for sure.
1: Yeah. So uh, the bats uh, bat poop is hard and dry, and it, if it does hit them on the way down, it doesn't do them any damage. Now this would be a problem with pee, but they uh, pee while they're flying, which is I don't know if they, like, do it right as they're leaving or mm. if they do it, like, whenever. But I, my, yeah. my guess would be, like, you've been holding it all night. The moment you're, like, not upside down anymore, like, worried about peeing on your own face, you just right. pee on the way right. out of your cave.
0: Yeah. Or it could be that, like, as you get older, you do have to pee while you're sleeping. So you just kind of, like, get up, fly around for a minute to pee <laughs> and then lie back down. <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: has anybody ever done research on whether other animals have this like as they get older, they have to pee in the night more? Or is that a human thing? At any rate, we're going to learn at the end of the podcast that people do
0: research on things that you would not ever imagine that people do research on. The poop question is answered. Bats do poop on their own faces.
1: It's just not a problem. The Tupperware question is not answered, Alyssa. I want you to let us know what conclusion you came to. Having said it's not a problem, and I don't want
0: to overanalyze this, I am now imagining myself <laughs> as a bat. <laughs> and I think that it would be a problem.
1: Um, um, well, here's, it, what, it here's how I'm be imagining a problem.
0: it. It wouldn't be a problem for me on the scale of of peeing, <laughs> obviously, because I understand yeah. they're very hard, they're very it's not, small. It's not sticking it would, in, into the anything. It would, it would still be a problem. To have like over the course problem? of my of my sleep period, a certain number of poop pellets from my own body roll past my own face.
1: You know, and I don't know if they actually hit. I just, like, I don't know. If you're a bat biologist, I don't think that the people have uh, paid much attention to this.
0: Now, are you but imagining that I'm they, a, like,
1: sh- shoot sh- out their poops, like like, red-green into the no. Nintendo, what that I'm they, Im- like, w- fire them? <laughs> what I'm imagining... Yeah, is the worst case scenario where the poop comes out and on the way it hits several times and then like the last hit is straight on the nose, you know? And I I think
0: aren't aren't there aren't their heads kind of the smallest parts of their body. So actually, I think it would like roll across their stomachs
1: or their wings and then not hit their heads. I think for it to hit their heads. But I'm imagining I'm imagining the worst case scenario because I want to make the case that it's not that bad. Because
0: I think it, it is. is. I think the worst case scenario would be, Hank, if I told you, like, hey, so you're going to have a nice, long, happy life. The only mm-hmm. thing is that you're going to sleep upside down and all night long you're going <laughs> to poop on, poop on your own face. But don't worry. You're going to poop on your face. It's really hard and it won't stick. I think you'd be like, I don't love it.
1: Yeah, I accept it. Well, first it, of all, uh, I'll add two cases. It. First, you're going to agree with one and not the other. The first is that in this situation, I'm a bat and bats are different. And if if it's not a, a, a harm to them, like it's not going to impede their reproductive success, there's not like they will learn to not mind it because it won't like just like we learn to not mind all kinds of things that might objection, objectively be a little bit gross. Second, you'll disagree with this one. If you took some of those bat poops and threw them at me and hit me in the head, I would be like, ah, John, I would not be that upset. (laughs) That's, I mean that that is like at me even, as a human I,
0: don't, I can't even respond to it I'm not even I can't even indulge that that is <laughs> that is such a fringe opinion you know that's like that's like if you said JFK jr is alive and well that that's that's how fringe your take just now was no. I don't mind getting I well, not in not the face I like with it. bat poop is a fringe opinion Hank that is a that is a hard, like, that's one of those opinions. Like, if I'm at a cocktail party, Hank, and somebody tells me they don't mind being pelted in the face by bat pooplets, it's <laughs> well, a you pretty, bring it up out a of pretty nowhere. good chance. <laughs> it's a pretty good chance the next thing they're going to say to me is something along the lines of, and as you know, Hillary Clinton is a reptilian.
1: Well... Look, oh my I'm not going to I'm not going to volunteer that. I'm just saying like it like I wouldn't be the disgusted. way you said well,
0: the way you said well made me think that you were going to say, well, <laughs> there's a lot we don't know about Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I, I really did. I thought you were going to be like, I don't know. I've never personally tugged on her face. I don't know if a <laughs> lizard would appear anyway. I, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, all of that reminds me that today's podcast is brought to you by Hank's Fringe Opinions. Hank's Fringe Opinions. He genuinely thinks that a lot of you out there are going to hear the sentence, (laughs) I wouldn't mind being pelted in the face by Bat Pooplets and just be like, oh yeah, no, that's a good take.
1: This podcast is also brought to you by the Bat Pooplets themselves. Larger (laughs) than a grain of rice, but not like by a lot, and dry. And don't worry. Yeah. And of course,
0: today's podcast is brought to you by the bats that poop out the bat pooplets that Hank Green doesn't mind getting pelted in the face with. The bats that poop out the bat pooplets (laughs) that Hank Green doesn't mind getting pelted in the face with. uh, They transcend all of this.
1: (laughs) They're they're above it, literally and figuratively. This podcast is brought to you by me covered in bats. (laughs) head to toe, swimming in it like I'm Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) I got a vault full of it. I love it. I'm in love with bat pooplets.
0: That's what I say. They call him the guano king of Montana. (laughs) Bring your bat poop to me. I will turn it to gold. (laughs) <laughs> Hank doesn't want to sell it. Oh no. He doesn't want to sell that guano. It provides value it. to me.
1: He's got he's yeah.
0: he does stuff with it. You don't need to know about what. No,
1: we have we have snowball fights. <laughs> oh jeez.
0: Oh, Godspeed. Oh, God bless you. We also have a project for awesome message. From Brandon and the Good Newspaper crew, we want to say thank you to Hank, John, and all of Nerdfighteria. In a world of cynicism, we're incredibly inspired by this community maintaining a meaningful sense of radical hopefulness while also acknowledging the heartbreak, pain, and injustice of the world. People who are able to do both are the people best equipped to make a positive difference, grateful to be in this community. So thank you, Brandon, and the whole Good Newspaper crew. That's lovely to hear, especially uh, after an extended conversation on the topic of bat blitz?
1: <laughs> this episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by ZocDoc. Look, there are, I think it's fair to say, some imperfections in the American healthcare system, but there are ways that it actually has recently gotten easier. I don't compromise on a lot of things, but I do not love feeling like I can't find the right doctor for me. And I've gotten very lucky that I have found some good doctors for me. When it comes to your health, there shouldn't be compromise. Don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines slash their family group chat slash their crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or they happen to take your insurance. Instead, like you don't have to keep going back to a doctor who you don't like. You can check out ZocDoc, a place where you can find and book doctors who make you feel comfortable, who listen to you, who prioritize your health. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual, real patients. Booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even sometimes score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then you can book a top-rated doctor today. That's z dot DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash DearHank. Every time I know it's coming and I'm like, I'm going to have to say ZocDoc.com right now, aren't I? And then I do. I'm getting good at it, everybody. ZocDoc.com. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee, And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. (laughs) Go to ThriveMarket.com slash DearHank for 30% off your first order, plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com slash DearHank, ThriveMarket.com slash DearHank. John, this this next question is very important to me. Yeah. From Jupiter, who asks, Dear Hank and John, how do LaCroix get their flavor? The only ingredient that isn't water is, quote, naturally essenced. Yeah, And I'm confused. It's not even grammatically correct for it to be a verb there. What's yeah. happening? Help Jupiter. Jupiter, this is, I'm literally drinking the LaCroix right now, and I'd never noticed this before. And I was like, this can't be true. That doesn't sound legal to me, but it says only carbonated water, comma. Naturally essenced. hmm That how do they get away with that? Well, that's not an ingredient. It's a verb. Yeah. It's it's a thing that happened.
0: Uh, well, here is a an actual newspaper story on the topic. For years, LaCroix lovers have been faced with a mystery. What are natural essences? Well, I'd i i be a class action lawsuit filed against the brand's parent oh, company. Wow. Claims that LaCroix's all-natural claims are false and that the natural ingredients are actually synthetic. In fact, as the filing states, testing reveals that LaCroix contains a number of artificial ingredients to which natural beverages responded in a statement that it categorically denies all allegations and says all essences contained in LaCroix are certified by our suppliers to be 100% natural. Now, what is an essence? It's a clear, concentrated natural chemical. Okay. What does that mean?
1: Nobody really knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can you can get a lot of chemicals. It's a big nature. It's a, it's a big nature. It's got a lot of chemicals in it. Uh, well, if it's yeah. clear, I guess that's all that's the only thing you need somehow for some reason. That it seems well, like a so, dubious so here's, like a here's, quality to me. And anything can be clear if there's uh, a small enough amount of it. But so go on. Here's
0: the process. Essence is created, this is from a Business Insider story, by heating items such as fruit and vegetable skins and rinds and remnants at high temperatures, which produces Uh. vapors, and then those vapors are condensed and Mm -hmm. sold by the barrel, and they are inserted into LaCroix. So it's basically vaporized lime rinds, and that's it.
1: I still, regardless of what's happening, I still... Take Hank has offense. a grammatical concern. <laughs> if it said natural essences, yeah, I'd be like, uh, net Na- yeah. like, but you've naturally essenced the water. Yes. Is that, is that the, is that that's no, 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 no. Cause you made that up. That's not a thing that existed before a LaCroix can. So nobody knows what that means. Right. You well, f- I don't think they want to say like
0: this contains tangerine rinds and other leftovers that we've they vaporized.
1: Natural, it's natural flavorings is
0: what every other thing says. Mm. I really am excited about this class action lawsuit. It sounds like it's going to be a barrel, on. a barrel of naturally essenced laughs. <laughs> All right, Hank. We have another question from Matt, and I really want to answer this one because I just went to the Champagne region of France, wow. and so I feel like I'm a newly minted expert in Champagne in the way you only can after three hours of education. Dear John <laughs> yeah. and Hank, if Miller High Life is the Champagne of beers, mm. what is the beer of Champagnes, Matt? I
1: had, I had a, I, I had what might be a beer of Champagnes recently. Uh, yeah. You're going to know more than me. But it was just a it was a bellini in a bottle. So Ew. a bellini is champagne and like fruit juice and fruit puree. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's very good. It's yeah, absolutely delicious. Uh that felt like a uh the 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 lower rung champagne experience. It was like whatever was in there was not the highest quality champagne because it mostly right. tasted like peaches.
0: Well, it probably wasn't champagne at all, because it probably is not sparkling wine from the Champagne region of France. Uh But but I think that we can all agree that Mm -hmm. when we talk about champagne, what we mean is sparkling wine. And when we talk about the beer of champagnes, what we mean is André. André... (laughs) Is this amazing brand of sparkling wine that takes everything that is great about wine, like pr- grocery store products like uh, Strawberry Hill from Boone's Farm, mm-hmm. and makes makes them sparkle? It is not good, <laughs> but it is available. I mean, you can buy it almost anywhere. Mm. It's easier and. And so, and so I think that is the beer of champagnes, but then there is a great sparkling wine that I love that costs $10 called Fresh and Yeah. It, it's spelled like F-R-E-I-X-E-N-E-T. Okay. You drank it at my wedding. And I believe you. It's great. It's great. Tell you what, Just this Andre
1: is, this Andre is inexpensive. Oh yeah. It's like four bucks. You know what we ate, what we ate in college all the time? <laughs> What did you eat in college all the time? Uh, we drank prosecco. That yeah, prosecco that is
0: a... prosecco is a huge range of wine. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. <laughs> God bless him. I thought <laughs> just I thought that was like another just, brand.
0: Yeah, no, just seal him up. Just you know, <laughs> put him in a trophy case, cover him in bubble wrap, make sure that the gods protect him forever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, we, re- we liked it a lot. It's very tasty. This barefoot yeah, prosecco's bubbly great, is two dollars I mean, and forty nine cents.
0: And there's bad proseccos. It's like saying like I love uh, soda,
1: right? And which not I getting do down
0: to diet Dr Pepper.
1: Yeah, uh, th- there's there's a pr- bottle of of barefoot bubbly here, extra dry California champagne, American sparkling wine for two dollars <laughs> and forty nine cents. Oh yeah, seems like shipping, less than though. the bottle would cost.
0: Yeah, I mean, wa- yes, wine can be very inexpensive, but it it can also be not very good. I like inexpensive wines, and I don't want to learn enough about wine that I only love expensive wines. That's one of my big okay. goals in life.
1: We got to stop hey. talking about wine, but I do want to tell you the top review on the barefoot bubbly uh page here. It's Please do. a four-star st- four review. It says as expected. <laughs> I love you. Which is so much very, of what we much. want out of life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, like I if I could Wendy's give one review to every McDonald's hamburger I've uh-huh. ever had, it would be as expected.
1: Which is a, an achievement.
0: Yeah, for sure. It what is an, not what a easy remarkable achievement. to deliver the product as expected over and over and over again.
1: Yeah. Dang.
0: All right, Hank, before we get to the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon, I want to let you know about a couple things. First off, Mark wrote us to say, Dear John and Hank, I come to you today not with a question, but instead with a fun fact. During a recent episode, you discussed the idea of how Superman should be a cloud instead of an attractive man, since he's an alien and whatnot. To my knowledge, there is no cloud Superman, but there is a sentient solar system Superman called Superstar who patrols the Milky Way galaxy. He is mentioned in a single issue of a comic from Mark. And then he includes this mention. And that is really extraordinary. I love the idea of a sentient star system patrolling the Milky Way galaxy.
1: Magnificent. I I love the idea that. Too bad. Like barely like it's, that's like the most important scientific discovery of all time. And it's like two frames of one comic. And then they're like, moving on. (laughs)
0: But we've got Earth problems.
1: Uh, The other thing—four super, like like eight supermen in this picture. Why are there so many supermen? I don't know. Couple couple other things I want to bring your attention to.
0: First off, fifty thousand different speech therapists and linguists wrote in to let us know that there is a letter. That means the T-H sound. Yes. One was Anne who writes, I'm sure I'm one of the speech language pathologists who wrote to tell you this, but there are letters for the T-H sound. In fact, there are different letters for when it is voiced differently, which mm. I thought was wonderful. So it turns out that the name Nathan, if written in the right alphabet, is a
1: palindrome. Palindrome.
0: Massive relief to Nathans everywhere. Finally, Sarah wrote in to say that she is a PhD student studying psychology and philosophy, and some of her research is about how mm. potlids become symbols. <laughs> oh, like like this was a thing that happened in or the past? Or pot potlids are symbols and when potlids are symbols. Sarah writes, Whoa. the answer in my analysis is no, potlids are not symbols if, say, John were to use his potlids once as symbols. But if John mm-hmm. and Sarah and Alice and Henry all started using some particular potlids as symbols and collectively agreed that they are usually used for symbols, then the I potlids see. are symbols because, because collective recognition of a whole community can change something's purpose and thereby change what it even is is wow it's beautiful so much fascinating research happening
1: hank so this isn't this isn't like about whether or not potlids became symbols historically but about how we come to define things as the things that they are when they transition from being one thing to another thing yes Mm. wow
0: so potlids can be used as symbols but potlids can only become symbols if over time we collectively declare them to be primarily symbols.
1: The Dear Engageon Inbox is one of the best places in the universe.
0: It really is. I mean, it is an endless fount of fascinating information, almost none of which we share with the public <laughs> <laughs> because we're not very good at our jobs. But we do share news from AFC Wimbledon. Now, Hank, yes. I don't know if you heard this um, in the news, but the Queen of England— Died.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: And this led to the postponement of AFC Wimbledon's game versus Leighton Orient. Probably a blessing for AFC Wimbledon as we've been losing game after game after game and an extra day of rest and preparation probably ain't going to hurt us none. But... Mm. That's the update from AFC Wimbledon. All the football was canceled, and among the football was AFC Wimbledon's game versus Leighton Orient.
1: You know, I kind of felt like, and don't take this the wrong way, going down a league would mean that you would be like one of the best teams in the league. I also kind of thought that, yes. I think a lot of Wimbledon fans kind of thought that.
0: But instead, we are enjoying weeks off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'd like to see you uh, win some more games. Uh, you and I are on the same page. What's the news from Mars? Well, uh, onboard the Perseverance rover is a lunchbox-sized device. It's called the Mars Oxygen In-Situ Resource Utilization Experiment. Uh, better known as MOXIE. And researchers have been Uh. testing out MOXIE's ability to produce oxygen by trying out seven experimental runs by the end of 2021 under different weather conditions and different times of day to see whether they are able to make oxygen. The device works by just taking air from Mars, running it through a filter to clear out contaminants, and then MOXIE pressurizes the air and heats it up to 1500 degrees Fahrenheit to break the CO2 in the air down into oxygen ions and carbon dioxide. Um, wow. Then that separates the oxygen ions out to combine them into O2. And then it measures the quantity and purity of that product before it then just releases it back into the atmosphere because they don't need it for anything. And they found that Moxie was able to make around six grams of oxygen per hour, which is about the same as a small tree can do on Earth. And that is great for the future of Mars missions to uh, for, for people because it will help astronauts breathe stuff uh, and help missions. Wait,
0: how many grams of oxygen per hour do I need?
1: Oh well, a lot more than six. I thought so. Yeah. It
0: feels, it feels like that, right? Like I don't actually know how much six <laughs> grams of oxygen is, but I feel like I need more than that. It seems low. Yeah. Let me let me see. I don't actually know. Eight point four kilograms per day per human, according to NASA.
1: Okay. So six grams per hour, not enough. But. Uh, you can make a bigger Moxie than the one that we put on the back of the Curios or Perseverance rover.
0: Okay. So I'm just going to tell you, I need the bigger Moxie. And secondly, I'm not sure, and I know that we've been here before, but this planet doesn't
1: seem great for us. Look, it's not about it. We definitely don't put it in your head that we go to Mars for a better life. (laughs) <laughs> That's not right. We're not making we're not yes. doing Earth two here. We're we not do not go to this Mars for backup. a better life. We this go to not Mars a backup Earth.
0: Yeah. to understand it, it. That is the th- critical thing. It's not a backup Earth. We yeah. are going to Mars to understand the universe and our place in it better. There yeah. is no backup Earth.
1: No. And the, to the extent that people talk about backup Earths, I think they're talking on the scale of tens of thousands of years, which right. I'm not comfortable talking on. Yeah. But interestingly, Moxie isn't just so that we'll have stuff to breathe. It will also potentially be part of how we fuel the missions that return the astronauts to Earth so we don't have to bring all of the oxidizer uh, with mm. us because that stuff's very heavy. Mm, that's kind of cool. So you need that. You need. You don't want to yeah. bring all the oxygen with you. If you can make it on Mars, you got to make it on Mars, which it looks like we can definitely do. Look at us. So I guess the concept then
0: is that in 2024, <laughs> we're going to send a lot of Moxies to Mars. In an unmanned mission, and then in yep. 2026, those mm-hmm. humans are going to follow up that those moxies. It's so all right around the corner,
1: Hank. It's all about to happen, or That's not, right. or or not, <laughs> or maybe some gr- grand revolution in physics will just let us teleport straight there.
0: Oh, I do love a grand revolution in physics. It
1: doesn't really happen for. For clarity, (laughs) we've had like one.
0: I think you mean it hasn't happened yet.
1: There it is. There it is. Well, Hank, thank John. you for podding with me. Thanks yeah. for
0: overcoming the discomfort of shingles to make the pod. And I hope you feel better soon.
1: Thank you, John. It helps to have something to do. Uh, this podcast is edited by Joseph Tunamedish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals Rojas. Our communications coordinator is Brooke Shotwell. Our editorial assistant is Debuki Trogravarti. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the Great Gonarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't forget, forget to, to be awesome. All.